0: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision Our guest today is Anne Lastman who's an author and counsellor and she's got an incredible story to share with us today We're turning, turning our attention to one of the most significant historic changes in our generation the overturning of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court of the United States Much has been written about the overturning of constitutional law in the U.S., which has declared that it's a woman's right to have an abortion. As Christians, we know that to terminate a pregnancy means the ending of the life of a human being. We're going to have a deeper conversation today about the hearts of women. Our special guest is Anne Larsman, the author of two books, Redeeming Grief and Hidden Pain. Anne has her own powerful story to tell. She's a qualified post-abortion grief counsellor and sexual abuse counsellor and has developed a recovery strategy that works. Her website is victimsofabortion.com.au. au. encourage you to look it up and check it out. And uh, she's joining us from beautiful Perth, WA. Uh, Welcome uh, to 2020 today. Anne, how are you?
1: Hi, Matt. I'm fine, thank you. What are you talking about, beautiful Perth? We've had the biggest storm ever. (laughs) <laughs> you couldn't walk. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> well, I've only been to Perth twice, and I loved it. I think it's a gorgeous city, and uh, just uh, love the, the uh, climate there, love the beaches there. Uh, which part of Perth are you in, do you mind me asking?
1: No, that's okay. I'm in East Perth. We've got a an apartment, a um, high-rise apartment up. We had to move into the city because... Of my epilepsy i't i can I haven't been able to drive for a long time, so I wanted to be free mm. um, not, not to be have to be driven everywhere
2: mm.
1: and so the city, with all its buses and whatnot became you know became an easier thing than a backyard mm.
2: um,
1: And as for the storms, you know Langley Park for those who know Langley Park, which is faces the river. Well, that was Langley swamp,
2: oh really in the
1: last... <laughs> it was the worst uh, um storm in my lifetime, and I'm sort of fairly old um it yeah, it was in fact, my clients stayed in bed, and well, I sort of thought it was a good idea to do the same for those three days <laughs> and read.
0: Well, it's good to see you safe and sound, and uh, it's a, a blessing to have you with us on the on the radio today. Uh, so tell us a bit, of, a bit of your own story. You're a qualified post-abortion grief counsellor and sexual abuse counsellor. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, your experience, your story.
1: Well, I'm, my story is, you know, very basic, the same as a lot of the other ladies' clients that I've had. In my early life, I'm 74 now. In uh, my early life, um, I had two abortions, one within marriage, uh, domestic violence, and the second one, um, four years later, uh, someone who was supposed to love me and adore me and all of that stuff um, turned out to be married. And so he couldn't have loved me and adored me and all of that. And I, uh, after that, I had two abortions and i put them away I didn't deal with it. In those days, we didn't deal with abortion. It was a silent, uh, shameful business. But I I kept having nightmares. I kept crying every new baby. Um, whenever I heard the, the name Miriam, I went into, into anger and, you know, all of those nasty feelings. And one day, in um, after we moved to Melbourne from Perth, I'm I, because I am originally a Perth girl. Um, I fell across. I went to a conference on a Sunday um, because I knew nobody, so I thought I'd get to meet someone. And I met some pro-lifers there. And I thought I saw some photos of aborted babies, and I went into spastics over it. Because it showed me what size my babies were, and because I didn't know, I got told it was um, a pin up in a shell—a um, 12 week and 16 week was a pin up in a shell—and because I knew no different, I believed it. And when I saw different, it, it was—it was the worst thing I ever saw, and I. Um, I got asked by the people to pray. You know, I don't know if you've heard of the helpers of God's precious infants to go outside the abortion clinics and pray and help. And I did. Um, And slowly, I got slowly really involved in in pro-life. I had, you know, I believe that God always goes before us when he wants us to do something. While living in Perth, I went to uni after my last child went to school, and I did, would you believe, of all things, a Bachelor of Psychology counselling, even though I'd never thought of counselling. My grand plan was to be a lecturer in theology. That was the the love of my life. I read everything I could, but, you know, God laughs when you tell him your plans, (laughs) Uh, And um, he laughed at mine um, because people started coming to me and talking to me after hearing my story and saying, how did I get over it? And I was very fortunate. I met a priest, a Catholic priest who was also a psychologist, and he led me through to a healing process, complete healing process, and then... And he said, famous last words, now you go and do for others what the Lord has done for you. And I, I'm sorry, I thought he was a nutcase, because I didn't know what what he meant. Well, I knew the words, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. And slowly, I could talk to girls and help them. As I went along the way, I learned little different things that helped more and I developed um, saying goodbye ceremonies um, even in Melbourne I helped myself and others started a children's memorial garden where once completed I um, we wrote children's clerk with their names, and so that no one would ever get no one would ever get offended or hurt and and no one would ever none of the babies would get forgotten and so that's how I started and as I grew you know I learned more I studied more what was it that hurt what what exactly hurt um, what caused that after all you know everyone's having abortion um, and then I realized that um, the feminine has inscribed within her um, to produce, not only to produce, to work with God and and, um, and the man to create a new life. And so I started more and I wrote, as you know, the book. I'm midway through another one. Um, and um, along the way, I discovered that um, uh, um, it, it, with multiple abortions, there's something else. And it turned out, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care who argues. I um, discovered that where there's multiple abortions, there's also sexual abuse of children in the family. But I didn't see it. I don't see children. I don't want to see children. I'm not ex- experienced enough to see children, um, so I um, see them as adults and have to work through first the sexual abuse and and what we do with that, and then followed by abortion. The abortion, even even if it's ten abortions, eleven abortions. I even had one young lady. Was well in her forties, about had twenty abortions, but that was only one. And I met her in Milan, and um, I was lucky. I knew a psychologist there who was able to take her on. She came to hear me talk, and the the Catholic psychologist. I left her in her care because I was leaving within two or three days. I've um, attended 30 international conferences speaking um, speaking on post-abortion and sexual abuse. I've travelled to about close to 40 countries talking about just those two. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, you know I'm very basic. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am. I don't see anything... Um, you know, I, that's sort of
0: it. Yeah, well, and <laughs> it's wonderful to hear your story and how God has used you uh, to yeah. minister to others uh, after you received your your own healing. Um, you know, that's that's quite yeah. a powerful story because you know I really believe that's part of w- what happens. You know, you know our, our scars turn out to be our stars, don't they? When we go through something, yeah. God uses us to help others go through that. Um, yeah. Now, just turning our attention to the U.S., you know, the big news. Uh, recently, of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, uh, have, yeah. has had implications all around the world. Um, what are your thoughts uh, of uh, of what's changed since then?
1: Nothing. Nothing will change. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not one of the excited ones. Yeah.
2: I'm
1: glad. I'm glad it's happened. Okay. Yeah. Let's get. I'm glad it's happened it should never have been there Mm
2: -hmm. it was
1: used by the pro-abortion pro-choice people they fell into it and and used it because we pro lifers sort of didn't know that much about it or the constitution of America but it's it's nothing um, it's not going to reduce abortion in any way all we're going to see is a lot of chaos which will build build up, a bit like the Black Lives Matter um, you know, protests. We're going to see a lot of that because the pro boards won't want it. Okay, it's a loss for them. But what's all all that's happened is returned to the state um their right to make abortion laws. That's all that's happened. Um I I um I would like to think that okay uh, all abortions are going to stop in America and around the world and all the nations, but it's not. It's all that's done is a bit like Australia. You know, each state in Australia has their own issues and laws about abortion, whether it's to full term um, to 12 weeks to 18 weeks. Till the heartbeat. It's no different than that. All it's done is removed it from the Constitution and returned it to the state.
0: Well, certainly- I'm sorry, I'm
1: not, I'm not, I'm, I didn't jump in the spot and, and lose five kilos. I didn't do any of that um, because I knew what it meant.
0: Mm. Well, it's certainly been a, a massive news story um, over the last uh, recent times, and um, it's certainly uh, got people uh, discussing it, talking about it. Certainly, highlighted uh, where the different states uh, are—you know—where their legislation's heading in in the U.S. and also in Australia. And our guest is Anne Lastman. She's a qualified post-abortion grief counsellor and sexual abuse counsellor, and she's developed a, a recovery strategy that works. Her website is victimsofabortion.com.au, and she's the author of two books, Redeeming Grief and Hidden Pain. She's uh, shared her story of uh, recovery after abortion and how she's been able to counsel and help others uh, that have been through abortions as well. If you'd like to uh, call, of course, you can remain anonymous if you want to call. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Phone lines are open anytime. 1 800 316 316. Now, Anne, uh, welcome back. I'd love to know a bit of uh, what these uh, two books are about. So, first, let's start with the book Redeeming Grief. Just give us an outline of that one.
1: Okay. Redeeming Grief is about abortion, post abortion, and abortion and what it does, and what it does to woman, man, um, society, siblings. Um, and how it wounds—it really wounds most of all the woman. I'm not—I'm not trying to be feminine. I'm certainly not feminist. Um, but it hurts the woman because she's carried in her body the life of another. And whilst at the time when she, oh, she's in the middle of a crisis. Um, even the young ones, they're in crisis because they don't know how to manage, how to cope. Um, and, and they shouldn't have been be being sexually involved, but they have been. And so they don't want to tell mum or dad or whoever because mum will kill me this, most of the young ones. Um, the older ones, the married ones, um, when they have an abortion will invariably in due course um, lead to a, a breakup of marriage because one of the two very often doesn't want it, an abortion. Uh, husbands don't want an abortion. They want, they've in offered to bring up the baby themselves. Um, but uh, women have learned how to say, This is my body, I'll do with it what I want. And I don't want this one, I don't want to carry it. So it's, and what the church can do. Um, uh, things like The Death of a Baby is another chapter. Um, uh, those sorts of things, this redeeming grief. And the second book, which is Hidden Pain, and I called it that because. This pain of sexual abuse is very much hidden. Nobody wants to... I've discovered over the last five years, nobody wants to touch this, really, because it's disgusting. It's it's something really no one wants to talk about. In fact, at one of the conferences, uh, when they knew the, you know what I was going to talk about, they, one of them came up and said to me, and you want to destroy the family. I thought, oh, go away, Um, because sexual abuse of children in itself destroys a family. Um, It's all about uh, why I think it happens, what happens to the child or children. Usually it's the first child that it happens to, but often it can be the whole lot of children by immediate family that is, father grandfather, uncles and believe it or not, mothers abuse, sexual abuse, um, aunties, um, grandfathers do it a lot, uh, which is which is surprising, as much surprising as we hear about mum doing it. So and, and the damage that it does when a mum or a dad or, or a sibling a sibling um, one of my girls got into prostitution because the brother who's supposed to look after her after school started playing with her. And in the end, she said, If I want, if he's going to take it, I'm going to get paid for it. Um, so you have to work through all the hurt that sexual abuse brings up. And then, as I said, I've had one person. Uh, With 20, 10, 11, 8, anything over two today is, is, well, sort of, um, um, one or two is normal. Anything after that raises my hair at the back of my neck because I think there's something else. And unless we deal with the something else, um, abortion will be just as moving over but nothing else. We need for the girl to be, you know, re um, made to recover, made to believe that she's beautiful, made to become uh, the child that she was meant to be, first as a child and then as a young person and then as a woman. Well,
0: they certainly sound like, S- sorry, yeah. I just wanted to say uh, th- they certainly sound like those uh, two books are uh, very helpful. And uh, if people would like to uh, find out uh, more, the books are called Redeeming Grief and Hidden yeah. Pain. Uh, where's, yeah. uh, where, where, where are they? Uh, where, where can people get them from?
1: Well, um, on my website, there should be an address, but they can get them from uh, me or um, I'm not sure if uh, Freedom Publishing had them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, Dimex had them, but I'm not sure how they're going. I've still got about 50 okay. of, both, of both left over. I can get them from PO... I'll leave the address with you, but it's PO Box 6561 East
0: Perth. Okay, and of course six, the web...
1: 6892... Six,
0: Yep, and we mentioned the website earlier. People can go to victimsofabortion.com.au com dot to find out more info. Just love to uh, ask uh, a bit of your advice on this because we've been talking uh, some uh, some pretty heavy topics uh, over the last half an hour or so about uh, post abortion grief. If there's anyone yes. listening that would uh, like to get some counselling, who, who would you refer them to?
1: Well, I'm here, so I can only deal with here. Um, I do do, during these past days, I've done Zoom and phone counselling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't like phone counselling or even Zoom because this is a very emotional topic. If someone starts bawling their eyes out, I feel very useless. I feel like I'm, I can't be there in presence. Um Who would I get to help? Um, I know it might sound like I'm a religious person because that's what um, abortion people look for do we start talking God business. But I would would recommend that they find a Christian counsellor who will understand life as given by God. Life as it was in the beginning. Life as when God said be fruitful and multiply. Life as we hear in Jeremiah 1, before you were formed, I knew you. Um, a Christian counselor and someone who's able to say, and I stress this and I love it, um, one day you'll meet. This is why we name the baby. Uh, one day you will meet your son Joseph, and he'll he'll be there when you close your eyes, and he'll say, "Hi, Mum. I've waited for you." And and really mean it. They believe in Jesus. They believe that we are redeemed. They believe that even someone who committed a huge like me um, has been able to be redeemed because Jesus' sacrifice is bigger than my sin and um, it needs someone to believe that their baby hasn't become waste material that it isn't you can throw it in junk um, that their baby rests with the Lord and it's is growing as, as it would naturally grow um, and one day, he, he or she will be there waiting for mum. I had one particular client who was, I think, 70, around the 70s. And this was some time ago. And um, she was afraid to die because her little girl, whom she called Catherine, um, was going to hate her in heaven. She believed the baby was in heaven. But she would hate her, and God hates her, of course. And I spent time with her, and I told her my story. And I said to her, do you know that in heaven there is no hate? And God doesn't know how to hate, because God's love. Everywhere you find love, true, genuine love, there is God in the middle of that. And she said to me, and I said, as for your daughter... She can't hate you if she's in heaven, is she? And you believe that? And she was, I I remember her words. She said, Are you sure, Anne? Are you sure about that? And I said to her, You are the best work that you and that partner of yours created. You've done nothing else on earth except that baby. And Within a couple of weeks, she'd gone. And for me, that was really, really important because she heard that God doesn't hate and her daughter certainly won't hate her. Mm. And she carried this secret for about 67 years, I think. Um, and, And she was afraid, now that she'd come to the end of life, she was afraid that that was it, she'd go to hell.
0: Well, and it's uh, beautiful words hearing you say that, you know, Jesus' sacrifice is greater than my sin. I completely agree. And, you know, talking about seeing your aborted babies in heaven one day reminded me of the movie Heaven is for Real, a beautiful Christian movie. Yeah. And there's <laughs> yeah. a great scene in there with a, a young boy named Colton who had uh, died and gone to heaven. And when he was in heaven, his sister came up to him and said, oh, hi, and, you know, chatted away and, yeah. and yeah. went, When he came back to earth, he told his mum that he'd met his sister. And she's like, but how did you know? You know, like she had had a miscarriage and lost a little girl and never told him about it. So there's no way he could have known that he had a little sister. So, you know, but but what a great evidence that we will see our lost loved ones in, in heaven and you know, just hearing you say the words, uh, and you know that God is love; that there is no hate in heaven. Such a beautiful, yeah. um, a beautiful sentence you, you shared with us. And you know, it's so important um, for those of us as we talk about this subject because it's a very sensitive subject. And 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 we just always have to remember that God is love, and you know, mm-hmm. through Christ we can have forgiveness and we can have redemption, and we will see our lost loved ones in heaven. Beautiful stuff. Uh, I'm going to get preaching, so I better keep moving on. Um, we are going to take calls today. Uh, our guest is Anne Lastman. She's a qualified post-abortion grief counsellor and sexual abuse, ca- abuse counsellor. If you'd like to call through, you can call on 1-800-316-316, and you can remain, remain anonymous if you like. We do have an anonymous caller from Victoria who's joining us. Uh, uh, welcome to 2020. Are you there? Yes, I am. And uh, what would you like to chat about?
3: I wanted to talk... Sorry, what's this lady's name again? I've forgotten. Anne. Mark?
0: Anne.
3: Anne, sorry, Anne. Hello, Anne. I just wanted to say to her that there is a um, a different way of an abortion happening, which is what happened to me some years, a long, a long time ago, um, was after I had my first child, I had really bad postnatal depression, which in those days was you were treated like something shameful. Um <laughs>
1: That's all right, just, it's
3: fine. It's fine,
2: sweetie, it's fine. (laughs)
3: Anyway, what happened was the doctor, I had one doctor for that pregnancy, right? The second one, the second one I chose a different doctor and it looked like I was going to lose the baby so they put me in hospital. And the first doctor came in, looked at the child and said, she's probably not even pregnant, I'll cure her tomorrow. And they did. They killed
1: it. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And that's left. A, anyway,
3: a deep, that's the thing. It's the thing. Sorry. The thing is, I had that bottled up for ten or more years, and then something in church brought it to my mind. And in the end, I went and spoke to a Catholic priest who I knew, and he's really kind. And because I knew it was start, it was getting to me. I needed to to say it out to some person, you know. And and he was very kind and everything, really lovely. Um, but I needed to speak it out so it didn't have control over me anymore.
1: Good girl, you did you did well because you know who was, you know who the enemy who will attack your pain. He knows where to go
3: where it hurts. This and doctor what... was always well known for being extremely arrogant, and he wasn't even my doctor. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's what right. So you, you know, you can be forced into it in a way. Like you can look back and think, well, why didn't I get up and walk out? But in those days, I had no self confidence, and I didn't have a husband who was going to stand by me if I did. That was for sure. And um, you know, afterwards, you think, well, oh, I don't know. I've, I learned a lot. Yeah. That's all <laughs> anyway, right. so thank you. I just, there, there just you
1: to know where your baby is.
3: Yep. Yep. you know. Yep. Okay. Yep. Good Good thank you. Good
1: Bye.
0: Girl. You did well. Bye, sweet. And if you'd like to call through and join the conversation, uh, you can remain anonymous. Our guest is Anne Lastman, who is a qualified post-abortion grief counsellor and sexual abuse counsellor, and she's got a recovery strategy that really works. Uh, we've uh, got about uh, 10 minutes or so left with Anne, so if you'd like to call... Uh, Jump in early. Give us a call, 1-800-316-316. And Anne, uh, earlier on in the conversation, you shared about a ceremony that you will often perform um, with your clients. Um, would you just be able to unpack that for us?
1: Yeah. Um, I've got, I think I've got four. In I've written up four. One of them was with a Baptist council, uh, Baptist minister. Um, we sat together and... and uh, worked out one that suited their church and that's beautiful, we get together and um, there's prayers and a lit candle for the number of children involved, the parents praying the prayers with the name of the baby and letting the baby go, not carrying the baby anymore but allowing the Lord to come and take the baby and to where it should be it's along those lines. The Catholic one is with a mask um, where the baby's name is called out. We have a mask just for this baby or babies, whatever, you know, whatever it is. And again, the ba- the name is called out. Um, we believe, I believe, we believe that every child or every human should have a mass said in their name. Um, then we have I have a non non-religious one, which is beautiful and i I used it when I lived in Melbourne, I did it in the Warrenndike National Park by a stream of water and we'd get with a mother and a partner or husband or girlfriend or whoever the mother was, and I would go with them and um, take a rose or two, however um, she wanted, and she would say words to the baby and then put the rose or flower that she preferred and let it stream away. Mm. And uh, in one case, one of the girls brought her a, a guitar and sang a song just for the baby as the baby went away. These are non-religious people, but they want to say goodbye—a real goodbye. Not under—not she's not unconscious. Um, she's not um, that doesn't care. She cares that her baby's gone somewhere. And these are beautiful because. What we do is plant a seed that the Lord will bring someone else along the way and, and water that seed, and her own baby can water that seed mm. and slowly and slowly begin to see that her baby's fine, where it should be. Mm. And no, she's not hated. The thing that I deal mostly with in both sexual abuse and abortion is to say to the clients. You are your mum's best work. That is powerful because they've never thought that because they hate themselves so much. They couldn't think they're any good work.
2: Mm.
1: But um, I say to them, you are the best work that they've done. Doesn't matter what they've done with their life, you are their best work. God has a job for you. A creation was changed and moved in order to allow you to exist. Um, it, it, it brings a comfort to them that they're not, as, as one girl said, crap. Mm.
2: Um,
1: they're not rubbish. And this is what needs to be done for anyone, by anyone, and counsellors, I mean. Um, there's a reason why counsellors because you've got to remember that the pro uh will look for anything to sue. Mm. And this is why I say, you know, um, you've mentioned a few times that I'm a level four grief counsellor. Well, I, I am a level four. I'm, I'm registered with the Australian Counselling Association. Um, I've got a Diploma of Trauma, Grief and Loss, um, level four. I'm an overall counselor level four, and and I've done over a hundred hours of trauma studies. Um, it's it's not easy, you know. Someone in, in uh, sitting in the house thinking I can be a counselor. Um, it's not that easy. You have to be very careful. I I get people who try and trap me, especially. If, um, especially if, if, I, if I were to speak the word, the God word, and um, and they don't believe in the God word.
0: Now, Ian, i am better just jump in there because we do have another caller and we've only got a little bit of time left, so we'll have to keep this okay. brief. Uh, phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. We've got Michael from Maruya in New South Wales. you got a question or a comment yep. for Anne? Uh
3: Yes, right. Hello, Ian. I uh, there's something I'd like to ask a question of a pro-abortionist. Um, if just imagine you were uh, you found out that your mother, when she was pregnant with you, uh, she was uh, advised to have an abortion because uh, they thought there was something wrong with you, and um, and she uh, she said no. She went ahead and uh, and. Uh, and stay, and you know, had the baby. Yeah. And um, I'd say to her now, what would you do if you found that out? Would you go to your mother and say, "Shame on you! You should have stuck to your rights,"
0: <laughs> um,
3: or uh, put put your arms around her and say, "Thanks, mum." Wow. Thanks for no, not having me killed.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a very good comment there, Michael. What what are your thoughts on that, Anne?
1: Well, that's a beautiful story, isn't it? Mm. Um, uh, that the child wasn't killed on speculation. Mm. Also, you know, I've had many who say to me, um, "Well, what about rape? What about incest? Uh, what about these are the hard? What about if the baby's disabled? These, you see, these are the hard cases." And the pro-abortion people bring up always the hard cases, and my answer to that is: um, so you're killing the child for the father's sins. Mm. A child that's you see, a child can't be created unless God breathes into that child yeah. and says, "Yes, you, you are my amen." Mm. You are my child. I want you to be alive. And and uh, even the child of a rapist isn't isn't sinful. If you look at it, it doesn't look any different than any other child. Mm. It's the father who sinned, not the child. And the and the father who's the incest. The child isn't the one that it's the father mm. and the disabled one, I don't know if you've, you've walked around a shopping centre Matt and looked around today and have a look next time you go and see how many Down syndrome children you see there won't be any because today you can have the ultrasound and other testing and the first option is we can organise an abortion, and God gives us these children to learn how to love, really love,
2: yeah,
1: not not to dispose of them, because otherwise we become um, the society that Hitler wanted.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know the clean, the clean
0: society. Mm.
1: Well, and uh, God asks, asks us to love.
0: Well, our time is almost up, Anne, but I just wanted to say it has been such a privilege having you with us on the radio and a big thank you to Michael for your call as well. And uh, if people want to find out more, um, Anne's uh, got a couple of great books we'd recommend, Redeeming Grief and Hidden Pain are those books and you can find out more information at victimsofabortion.com.au. I've just had a look at the website. It's uh, got a a whole bunch of uh, resources there as well. Uh, Anne Lastman, it's been wonderful having you with our as our guest today on 2020. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: My pleasure,
0: Matt. Let's do it again. All right. God bless.
3: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.